Welcome to Season 4 of Business Book Talk. I'm your host, Bob Garlick. This year, we have even more great books to help you excel in business and life. You can search for book topics and themes at businessbooktalk.com or subscribe using your smartphone for great content on the go. Hey everybody, it's Bob again. I've got Embrace the Chaos, How India Taught Me to Stop Overthinking and Start Living by Bob Miglani. And I just wanted to say we've just experienced a a case of that where I made a mistake and we've had to start the interview again. But, you know, face reality and move forward. And I think that was the message I was getting from Bob. And Bob was just motoring. He was telling us some amazing stuff. So you're going to get... Basically, Bob at 100 miles an hour, which is fantastic. So, Bob, let's start with that amazing story about getting on a bus because I, I think that was just so amazing. Sure. So, I, you know, Embrace the Chaos is about my journey of learning to move forward in life. You know, I was stuck at one point in my life. And these trips to India, I live here in the U.S. And it was this, you know, I was in India visiting with a friend. And I it sort of, I learned this experience of how to get unstuck. So I wanted to take public transportation. And I asked my cousin to, I said, like to take a bus. He said, no, you can't take a bus here. It's very crowded. So I said, no, I insist. I want to go on the bus. He said, fine, let's go. We go to the bus stop and we're waiting at the bus. So I found myself in an Indian city, very large Indian city. Now I was born in India, but I grew up in the U.S. So I'm, you know, I haven't been there. So I don't, I haven't taken public transportation. And so I'm waiting for this bus. So he says, my cousin said to me, start running. So what do you mean? He says, the bus is coming. And so I turn over, I see this bus that's completely full, completely crowded, overcrowded, with tons of people on the side, hanging with their fingernails on the windowsills all around the bus. It was completely full. And I looked under the dirty windshield and the driver had no intention of stopping. And it was barreling down this road. It doesn't stop. It actually slows down when it picks up speed and you have to jump on it. And so I said, there's no way I'm getting on that bus. It's too crowded. And so I'm going to get killed. My mouth was on the floor and my mind was paralyzed and the bus went by without me on it. And other people were you know, used to it. They jumped on the bus and they got on. And so my cousin said to me, what happened to you? I thought you were going to catch the bus. I said, no, it's too full. There's no way I can get out on that bus. Said, I'm going to wait for a better bus. I'm going to wait for a bus that's less full. There's just too many people on it. He said, no, they're all the same. I said, no, I insist. I'm going to do this. So I wait for the second bus. And again, the same scene, completely crowded, full bus coming with tons of people just hanging around on the outside with their barely with their fingernails putting their hands in the windows trying to stay on and again my mind starts you know overthinking you know you take on the bus you get you get hurt you fall you get you break a knee you know how sometimes your mind goes from one thought to another negative thought to another that was mm. what was happening to me you know I was saying oh did you you get hurt, you go to the hospital. Have you seen the hospitals over here? The needles are so huge. I mean, who knows what's <laughs> going to happen to you if you go to the, if you get hurt? And so that was holding me back. This just this feeling of doubt and uncertainty was holding me back from getting on that bus. And so, sure enough, the second bus went by without me on it. And at this point, my cousin's frustrated and saying, "Come on, let's get on this. You know, let's get out of here. Let's take a taxi. You can't do this. This is not for you." I said, "No, no, no. I'm going to wait for a bus that's less full. This has got just a little bit more." space for me to squeeze in somewhere and I was just waiting and so I insisted on waiting so I'm waiting finally the third bus comes and it's the same scene completely full overcrowded and again my mind starts going into this you know mode hyperactive mode of overthinking and self-doubt and I I just wanted to I was just so mad at myself I wanted to silence the self-doubt 
and uncertainty that was in my mind. And so I started getting into some movement. I started moving and walking a little bit, starting into motion. I was seeing this other person, you know, get on and start running. And I said, you know, I've just got to do what they do in a way. So that's what I started doing. And my mind, once I took action, once I started moving ahead, my mind slowed down and I found myself running and I caught the bus. I got on the bus. I was able to manage to get in, squeeze myself into a tiny little spot and I got on and I was holding on with my hands and just a little pole and I was about to slip off and somebody else, some guy helped me back on the bus. And that was the story. The moral of the story, and it was very profound for me, learning what I learned at that moment was if you wait for the perfect bus, you get nowhere in life. Mm. You, the key is to stop waiting and start running, to stop overthinking and start living. Because once you do, once you take action, know that other people will help you in your journey. And that was very profound for me. There is no perfect boss. There is no perfect job, career, or business. I mean, so often in small business that, you know, my, I grew up in a family business, a Dairy Queen store, running a Dairy Queen store. My wife runs a small business. And I grew up in a large business environment. Any business is tough. It's challenging. You know, if we think we have a tough time, you, you know, I'll look at other people. So there is no perfect business. There's no perfect, you know, job, relationship, or, or, or career. There is only the one in front of you. And so once we stop overthinking, once we accept that, we stop overthinking, we can begin to move forward and take action. And that to me is very powerful. And that's what I wrote about in Embrace the Chaos. You know, I, I think you also touched another thing is don't be uh, scared of failure because it, it's another thing that, that stops you. Uh, you mentioned that if you start doing something, people are going to help you. And I think that's so true. If people can't see you doing what or they can't see what you're struggling with, they don't yeah. know where to help you. They can't go up to you sitting on the chair and say, oh, I'm going to pick you up and I'm going to carry on and I'm going to help you because they don't know where you need to go. So definitely action shows what direction you're going. And then people are, you know, they're, all, they're not all nasty. Yeah. There's some great people out there and they want to help, but they, they're, they're not going to do it all for you. I think being authentic and mm. sincere is really key here. You know, I'll give you an example. My wife owns a small business in our town, and she's an eye doctor. She's an optometrist. And so she has an optometry office and an optical. And what, um, you know, a few years ago, uh, I mean, we started this business. She started this business in 2008, and it was a really tough time uh, economically. We had our second child. We were managing my career and the stresses of relationships and, and you know, the small business environment. And a couple of years ago, we found ourselves in a very difficult place. The business was declining. And what had happened was, you know, there was a, a, one of our customers who had written a negative Yelp review. And it was just, you know, these things happen. It was a misunderstanding. And the customers go, you know, this customer went and did that. It was very shocking to her, to her and to us, you know, how something like that could happen. And the business started slowing down simply because of that one review. And we were just shocked. And we spent our, so much of our time just dwelling on it and thinking about it over and over again and we weren't able to move forward and you know you have you know hundreds of customers who are very happy who don't report anything who don't say anything who don't go on the internet and so we, we found ourselves we pulled ourselves out of that negative state and you know we started doing this to taking action started reinventing and recreating doing more marketing and talking to our customers who were happy and engaging them and asking them hey if you're happy go talk about it write a review do something and guess what people did people helped and it's because they got good service, good quality products, and they liked my wife's business. They liked what business had done for them in their life. And once you start engaging people in an authentic way, in a sincere way, 
when you are when you're when you're struggling, when you're having a challenge, people will help you beyond belief, beyond measure. It's that authenticity and taking that action is what makes people realize that you're being real and genuine and they will come through for you. Mm. Um, so let's talk about tackling the book. I mean, it, it's a book that's written to, to be read quickly and, and keep the action going so you don't get uh, weighed down in the book, of course. Um, but is it a book that you should read cover to cover or is it best to, to uh, jump around in it? What, what strategy would you recommend? Sure. Well, Embrace the Chaos, you know, I wrote the book so that you can read it in one sitting. Essentially, you can read it in about an hour, an hour and 20 minutes or so. So that's really important. The second is that you can jump around from chapter to chapter because each, the whole book is just 12 stories of me just talking about you know, me in a stressful situation and then, or a difficult situation, uncertain situation, how, do you, how other people have taught me about moving forward. So you can do that from, you know, you can do bounce around chapters. It's important to read the beginning to understand the context of what I mean by chaos which is, you know, what I call the four forces of chaos, which is one is uncertainty, second is unpredictability, third is complexity, everything's so complex and complicated these days, and the fourth is speed. These are the four forces of chaos that have stress on our business and our life today. And what I learned to do is to move forward through those chaos, through these small stories I went and wrote in my book when I was in India. Um, you know, that's, that's a very important, you use the word, uh, through instead of uh, encountering them. Encounter means like you run into it and you try and deal with it. What's the difference between going through something and trying to overcome it through dealing with it? Well, I think when we deal with it, we're trying to fight it sometimes. Mm. I mean, I was always in that situation where, you know, I would encounter chaos and I would try to conquer it. I would think, well, you know, I'm going to manage this issue, you know. And so what I realize is I have less control than I think. Mm. And, you know, that was very powerful for me. I cannot, I cannot control everything that comes on my path, but I can't control myself. So what I have to do is to start focusing what I can control. And so, so many issues that we encounter, we try to deal with as if we're trying to wrestle it to the ground. And the reality is you can't wrestle life to the ground. It's just life. You have to do is to go through it. And that to me was a whole shift in the mindset that made me less stressful, because time, once you keep going and keep moving forward, time helps you in your journey. When we get through these things, we feel more in, invigorated and we feel less stressed. Otherwise, sometimes when you're dealing with things, you make a mountain out of a molehill. Mm -hmm. It just becomes bigger problem that you can tackle. So what I sell, you know, when I talk to people, I say, you know, move through it. Don't try to deal with it. Deal with it gives it its life. And you keep overthinking it and you dwell on it and you get into this negative mindset and this spiral. So instead, just keep going through it. Accept it. Don't overthink and take action to keep moving forward. Yeah, to deal with it on the level that you can deal with it. And if that's not really working too well, don't worry about it. Somebody else is going to deal with it that have the right skill sets. Right. I'm not, you know, you have to address it. You have to address business problems that come up. You know, no doubt about that. Mm. And... But when I'm, the key here really is, you know, the time. Don't spend too much time trying to figure out why. I mean, understand why it happened. Understand the triggers and try to make adjustments to your strategy to move, do something else or pivot or, or to figure it out. Absolutely. But don't spend too much time with it because the marketplace changes. Mm. The marketplace is so fast and so complicated, complicated that it changes instantly. 
So the time you lose just thinking about it and trying to figure it out, you know, you've lost and, you know, it's hard to get back the momentum. So what I'm saying is keep the momentum moving forward because that momentum is going to carry to success. Mm. Yeah, it, it, you can get definitely stuck in the mire of, of perfection because as soon as you try to perfect something, it causes other imperfections, which causes you to try and fix those imperfections. Then you get in this infinite loop of, of perfection. Right. And in business, in small business especially, I, I say, you know, focus every day on the revenue generating tasks that you have to do. You know, focus on what's really, really important. What I call the RGT, revenue generating tasks. These are the things that are going to help you focus on what you've got to achieve today. Because there's so many things that come at us, all the chaos that comes at us. We have to prioritize. And once we dig in and focus on those tasks at hand that we have to get done, it helps us pull forward through any difficult circumstances. Yeah, I think that's a critical point. You know, I talk to a lot of businesses and there's, oh, we're working on our website or we're working on our branding. And I say, go, well, that's great. How are your sales? Oh, we're going to get to those. And said, dude, no, no, you got to do sales. You don't even need a business card to do sales. You just right. make a sale for God's sake. And then we can move forward. If, you're, if your company's just sitting waiting and we're not going to do anything until we got some branding, that's crazy. That's right. That's right. And, and I, I say, how many times have you, you know, you know, touched a customer today? How many times have you engaged a customer? What is the last, you know, what are you thinking about the customers? Always about that thinking mm. of what's really, really important that, that can move you. And that, and that is what can get you also through tough times. You know, I'll give you another example from my book, a quick story, mm. uh, you know, about purpose and how to move forward through that. I was in this village. I found myself in this village in the middle of nowhere in India. And it, it was, I was accompanying a social worker who was showing me around the place. He was showing me how he delivers, you know, healthcare where there's no doctors, no nurses, no hospitals, nothing. And he's a social worker who goes around these villagers and, and he helps them as best as he can. He's not trained on healthcare. And so we're going from house to house, hut to hut. And there's so many problems in each person's, you know, family from disease and alcoholism to depression and, you know, multiple sclerosis, so many kids, so many problems. And I was drained emotionally throughout that day. And at the end of the day, I asked the social worker, I said, you know, what, how, why do you do this job? <laughs> how do you do this? I mean, it's so hard. It's so difficult emotionally. You're not a doctor. You, you don't have medicine to give away. How do you help these people? And how do you get through? And he said, you know, and he's pointed me to this woman. He's, he said, oh, I have to see this woman tomorrow in the next village over and her blood pressure, so-and-so and so-and-so. I said, no, no, I don't mean what you do. Why do you do it? And how do you get through and, you know, he kept sort of saying to me the same story he's trying to tell me. And it was so exhausting and a whole day. And at the end of the night, I asked him one last time. I said, you know, maybe it's my translation. I don't, I'm not understanding you. Why do you do what you do? And he said to me, it was very profound. He said, because she's waiting for me tomorrow. Mm. He gets through difficult, challenging, uncertain times in the hopes of affecting one life that is waiting for him the next day to take her blood pressure, to do what he's supposed to do with his job. And that is very powerful, getting up and doing something for somebody else, the person we're serving. And it's often that customer, that colleague, that employee that we have in our business. Those are the reasons why we do what we do. Yes, we do it to fulfill our you know, financial goals in life and to make a contribution. But at the same time, we help other people. And, you know, we create jobs, we, we create lives, we create moments of happiness and fulfillment. We help people in our business. And that, to me, is very powerful if you're going through challenging times. 
Think about your customers. Think about your colleagues who are counting on you, your, your employees who are counting on you, your family. That's why those, the reason why we do things, often those the people, the service that we provide them is a powerful motivator to get you through any chaos that you might have. Yeah, I think that's so true. And I think that would probably be the solution for a lot of people that are miserable at work. They've lost touch with the reason why they're doing something. They're, they, maybe they're stuck too deep in the company. And if, if that's the case, go to the sales department and say, hey, just tell me what's going on. I, I need some feedback. I used to work with this amazing company. And every month, the CEO would uh, leave everybody a two-minute message on the, everybody's phones. And it would basically, this is what's happening at the C-suite level. This is what we've been doing. This is what's happening in the industry. This is why everybody's doing everything, and you guys are doing a great job. Just keep going forward. Yes. And that was a very happy company. Yes, very powerful. And you know what also is helpful, just exactly on the same line, is that in large organizations, large companies, we get sort of farther away from the customer. Mm. And what's really important is go back to the customer. Go spend a day in the field with the salesperson. You know, And I did that in my book. I wrote that in my book. I spent a day in the field with a sales representative for a large company in the toughest market in the world, I think, is Mumbai hyperactive and he sells a commodity whereas a competitor there's 10 competitors that are exactly the same as his product and his product is more expensive and what is what I learned from him is very very powerful that I talk about in Embrace the Chaos it's really but getting that feel for the customer getting a feel for who what you're doing is connected to you know the connection that your work connects to somebody else that can help you get through challenging times and gives you more meaning and you don't need huge meaning. You just need something small, doses of inspiration that comes from customers. You know, it, it, it's, you know, we were talking about moving through the chaos and, and, and moving forward. And I think that is the key. Uh, if you want to be able to give those opportunities to yourself, you've got to be doing something new every day. And if you're stuck in a rut, go out, like you say, go into the sales, take a day off and, and, and see what the customers experience. And when you come back to work, you'll have more meaning in work. But I think you'll also be way more focused. Absolutely. And you learn something. And guess what? You know, every experience that you get from, you know, so the key is, I think you're right, is to dig deep within and to get to work. So meaning do something different. Go talk to people. Go see a competitor. I mean, go see what other people are doing. Study the marketplace. Understand what's going on. And what happens, You what, that learning that you bring in is not just helping you to move forward, but also developing your skills, improving your marketability so that you can come up with new ideas to propose in your own job. So you're coming up with solutions and ideas based on what you're thinking about and you've seen outside. And that, and you start promoting your idea, or you're pitching your idea and talking about an initiative, a new product, a new way to handle problems or issues in your, in your, in your, uh, in your company. And that makes you more marketable, more successful eventually. You know, the most successful people are always inquisitive. Mm. They always ask questions about lots of different things because they know that learning just doesn't stop after college. You know, it just keeps going. And so that's really important when you're working in large organizations to keep learning but asking questions. Yeah, I think people that are genuinely curious, I mean genuinely curious, yes. uh, are fascinated by any person. Like when I'm out in a networking event, I don't really care if you're an accountant. That's great. Tell me what it's about. And they say, oh, no, it's so boring being an accountant. They, they're, why, why would you say something like that? the ability to take a whole pile of numbers and a bunch of receipts and actually make sense of it, I can't do that. That's magic for me. Right. I, and just have that type of enthusiasm. It's amazing what you can see their eyes light up 
and their body posture changes, and they're quite enthused about bringing, you know, telling about what motivates. Oh, I love it when I get a great spreadsheet. There's other people say well, that's crazy, but it's not for them. That is their Mount Kilimanjaro. That that's- is what drives them forward, and that's what they're excited about. And if you do that, I think you get a much more powerful human connection. I don't say fake it. You've got to be authentic. You've got to. Yeah truly believe and I, I'm just lucky that I'm super curious about everything that's important you know I met uh, I, I met this billionaire I mean he's worth 10 billion dollars on Wikipedia or something and and I remember I was just happened to be with in a, in a large group an event and we were there was a um, it was coming from Ellis Island New York to back to New York in this big boat and uh, lots of people on it it was a big award ceremony we had gotten an award and we somehow ran into each other and I was on that boat with him, you know, slowly going through about 45 minutes coming into Manhattan. And he wouldn't stop asking me questions about my work, about my life, about this, about that. He was so curious. And I'll never forget it. I mean, I, and he was so likable. And I really liked the man because he was interested in me and he was interested in learning about something and saying, yeah, what about this? Well, I always thought it was this way. I always thought this way. And, and I'm saying to myself, this man is worth you know, ten billion dollars. You know, doesn't he know? You know, and, he, and and he's just an everyday person, but he's so curious about me and my learnings. And I noticed he's smiling, listening intently, and he never, you know. And when I would ask, he would always say, he's "Come back to me," and keep asking me. And that level of engagement and authentic conversation is very powerful. Mm. It's very powerful because you learn. You're going to these places to learn and grow. And you grow as a person. And what I learned that day is I'll never stop asking questions. And and those questions are going to lead you to wonderful places in life. And if you also look at it, you know, step back from that conversation, if you were studying the two of you, it, 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 for him as the, 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 the billionaire, he's surrounded by people that do everything for him all day long. And that was him reconnecting with reality. And that's why he's curious, because he wants to stay connected. I mean, it's, it's just that is one of the worst things about getting into a superpower position. Your time is worth so much money that you're managed every minute of the day. And right. for you to be able to have an authentic conversation with somebody out of the blue is so rare. And you can lose touch with reality. It, it's yeah. very easy to do. That's right. And I, you know, a few years ago, so one of the, I wrote another book uh, called Treat Your Customers. It was mm. about 30 lessons I learned at my family's Dairy Queen store. And one of the lessons I was, you know, sort of like to say is, you know, once in a while, taste your own ice cream. Mm. And in a Dairy Queen business, it means, you know, going, making sure the ice cream doesn't go bad so you go and taste it. But what it means to other businesses is to see what your business is perceived from the outside, mm. you know, but from your customer's perspective, from their eyes. And so a lot of sort of very, you know, uh, smart, successful, wealthy, you know, top executives and CEOs, they do is they go in, out in the field. And they spend time with customers and, 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 and employees, and they understand their business from someone else's eyes. And that is a very powerful way really to understand from strategy to execution, you know, what's happening, what's going wrong. If you, if you, if you think a business is going in one direction and it's not, well, go out and about. Go take a walk about and just see what's going on and walk the aisles, walk the, the, the grocery stores, walk the field and see understand. And that is a very smart way, I think, to get a, a reality check on your business, on the health of your business. 
And also to be, you know, I, I remember chatting with somebody about a book and, and he was doing a walk with a, a very active CEO and they were walking in the factory and the, if the CEO saw some garbage or something that was out of place, like a, a broom that was, he would go and pick it up and, and, and fix the problem. He wouldn't yell at some, say, hey, hey, go fix that. And what he was showing all his staff was, I'm the CEO and I see a problem and I'm just going to go fix it. And that's the way I want you to live your life in my company. If you see a fr- problem, don't ask permission or get somebody else to fix it for you down the – just fix it if you can fix it. That's right. You own your own responsibility. You own your own career. You own – you know, you, you have a responsibility to do something. And that is – you know, and that's one of the things I talk about in Embrace the Chaos in my book is also is that, you know, accept that you're in charge of your life. Mm. You know, accept that, you know, other people and these, and these CEOs and these executives, they all started somewhere. You know, they didn't just come out of, you know, college and became CEO. They all started somewhere. And you have to understand that getting to the top and becoming successful requires you to own your own responsibility and accept, you know, responsibility for the work at hand that you're doing. And so you never stop doing that. It's not like, you know, you're, I mean, yes, you're getting more responsibility as you move up the ladder, but it's important to know that, you know, what you're doing today matters and makes a difference. And other people see that as well. Hmm. I want to talk a little bit about, um, reaction to social media and I think this is the most powerful thing that's happening with businesses right now where you're actually getting feedback from customers from Yelp or, or whatever and nobody seems to react to it it's like oh we got a bad review or oh we, we, we need more positive reviews but they're not proactive about it they're not going out there and, and anybody that makes a review is saying hey thanks for making a review why don't you drop by the store we'd love to give you a discount something like that have you noticed that as well you know, I have. I, I've noticed, uh, you know, especially in, among doctors and sometimes, and, you know, people don't have, um, you know, people don't have the, 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 uh, the websites. I mean, there's, <laughs> some people don't even have a website. You know, some people don't have uh, a Facebook page. And I'm shocked and I'm alarmed. I'm, I'm saying to myself, how can you not have, you know, a Facebook page or, or social media or some sort of website? Mm. So I think that's one. I think the second is that, um, you know, a lot of times people think that, well, it's done, is done. I can't really do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily, you know, true. You can do certain things about it. I mean, you can take action and, you know, be more positive and respond to it. If you get a negative review on social media or something or never get a comment, respond to it in a professional way. Take emotion out of it. Wait a day or two. Take emotion out of it and respond to it. Second is, you know, mobilize your customers that you have. So people that are with you, supporting you, you know, mobilize them, get them to, you know, to post, ask them kindly in a genuine way. To, hey, listen, if you like us, you know, talk about us, you know, share, talk about it with a friend. And then the third is, you know, it's really important that customers see a updated new information that's coming there, you know, out. So updating your social media and doing these kind of things is really important to keep it fresh. I know it's hard and it's challenging. But you can create it in a way that's easy to do with your smartphones and so on and so forth. So it is really important to engage in the social media because in the absence of that, you know, customers will think you're not really around and you're not paying attention. Yep, exactly. And, and you know, it's a key word, not paying attention. That's the whole uh, thing about doing business today. You've got to be on point all the time. Mm-hmm. But don't worry about perfecting it. Just move through it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, it's like do this, but don't do it for too long. 
you know, it's overwhelming today. I think a small business person says, you know, I've got to take care of customers and employees and, you know, costs of, you know, running a business, healthcare costs are going up, all these costs. And then plus I've got to do Facebook, Twitter, a website, videos, you know, it's just overwhelming. And they've got a personal life, you know, it's got, I, I know my wife has a small business, my folks run a small business, you know, I'm in a big business and it is very challenging. Again, what I say is that, you know, what is you know, what isn't very challenging in life? You yeah. know, if, you know, what is easy? There's no such thing as easy. I think if we if we learn to accept that, you know, life is, you know, what we make of it, we have a chance to do it. And it is it is it's hard. It's not easy. But it's also great because you get a chance to make a contribution. You know, you get up every day, I get up every day to make a contribution to the place I work, to the people I'm with, and those around me. And I try to do it in a way that's meaningful. And that's what keeps me going. That's what keeps me happy. Because when I'm engaged and speaking to you, Bob, and, you know, other people and great minds and other business people, you know, I get a thrill out of that. And, and that helps me in my life and to keep me happy because I'm, I feel like I have meaning. You know, I have, uh, I'm making a difference to somebody else. And if we have that mindset of trying to make a difference to somebody else, then we can embrace all this chaos that comes at us, you know, and say, yeah, sure. You know, bring on the Facebook and bring on the website and you know, bring on these things. We can handle these things and we're very resilient. You know, we can handle anything that come up, comes at us. Uh, well, I think you made a really, really good point about keep moving. You've got to, um, if you're not moving, then you start thinking too much. And yes. if you start thinking too much, it's very hard to move. And you kind of get onto this stuck cycle. And you just got to break out of it. And once you start moving, I mean, that's one of the biggest tips I got um, uh, for, for speaking in front of a large audience. If you're nervous and stuff like that, and you're sitting in the chair, and oh my gosh, I'm going to have to speak any minute now. Get up and start walking. And just the, the concept of you physically walking, your breathing settles down, your mind focuses, and then you walk up to that podium and boom, you're ready to go. Oh, yeah. No, this is very important. The overthinking that we do, you know, it causes us to in this spiral of, of self-doubt. And you're absolutely right. You have to break that pattern. And the only way to break that pot pattern is move. Is to move your body physically, get up, stretch, take a deep breath, drink a glass of water, walk outside, get a breath of fresh air. And that's actually what led me to, in a way, to write this book, Embrace the Chaos, was, you know, I was sort of in this corporate environment in my, in my office and, you know, I, was, I felt very stuck because I was behind this computer. I was engaging in a lot of people. But when I left that environment physically, I went to this trip to India, you know, and I was put in a place of chaos. Everybody was moving around, you know, and so I had no choice to move around. And so breaking that pattern of, of negative overthinking by taking action and moving and breathing physically and getting out. You know, and sometimes, you know, one of the things I tell people, people write to me all the time and for advice. And so one of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten and passing on is, you know, go attend a seminar, go to a meeting, go to a conference, go somewhere, uh, you know, and, and go to a new city, learn, grow, do something that you put you in a place of little way discomfort because discomfort, you know, teaches you a lot about yourself and you get to engage other people. You learn for their, from their stories and you get points of reference and you meet somebody and network and you never know where one thing leads to another. And that's so it's really important to break that pattern, as you say, and take action by doing something different physically. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, you can even do that. And uh, uh, you know, you go to the office. You, you get stuck in these patterns, right? You get up, you jump in the car, you go to your office, you grab the coffee like you always do. You sit down, you make some calls, and you're in your environment and your desk, and everything's happening. And then secretary comes in, blah blah blah, and you're in a rut. And you, it's yes. if you break out. I, I call it like micro ruts, and yeah. just break out of that. And the the way you can discover that your brain isn't working and you're not really 100% happy is you just walk outside of that building and walk towards one of your clients and your whole energy changes. As soon as you're outside, it's like, oh yeah, I've forgotten what it was like being out here and I love it. That's right. Absolutely. I do that all the time. Whenever I feel like I'm just getting into this negative spiral, I step outside. I get out and I take a breath of fresh air. Mm. In New York City, there's a lot of you know, folks who sell fruit on the side, and I have this fruit guy I always go to, oh, buy nice. you know, or an apple, and it, I get such pleasure out of just going around the block and getting a piece of fruit and going back. I feel, re, you know, invigorated. But I have four tips that I, I use in the mornings, very important. I changed my habits quite a bit. Mm. I stopped, I gave up coffee, believe it or not, after 20 years. Good man. It was, it was very tough to do. And it was, you know, it's causing me a lot of stress, and I couldn't sleep at night, so I gave it up. And so these four things I do, I started doing and changed my life. One is exercise. Mm. I just something, you know, just stretching, running a little bit on the treadmill, whatever it is, just something, a little bit of exercise. It gets my juices flowing in the morning. And the second is I, I listen to positive, you know, podcasts like yours, inspirational videos on YouTube mm-hmm. and others. It's really important to feed the mind a positive seed mm-hmm. because you'll harvest the reward the rest of the day. You know, so it's really important to feed the mind a positive seed. So positive listening, second thing. Third is, you know, I, I have moment of silence or meditation or prayer, whatever that is good for you. That moment of silence just helps center you and get you ready. And then the fourth is, you know, I create. You know, I start writing. I start writing about ideas. You know, I have a very long commute to my job. So I, I take a bus to the city, to New York City. And so I write. I write a lot. I write a lot and I read a lot. But the idea of creation, of actually taking action and doing something about your ideas, your to-do list, whatever that is. But what we're doing with these four tips is we're creating certainty in the morning. We're controlling our own life in the morning because the rest of the day you may not have control. So (laughs) it's really important to create that in the morning and it sets you up for the rest of the day. So it's really powerful to do that. Hmm. Uh, You mentioned you had another book that you wrote. Yes, it's called Treat Your Customers, 30 Lessons on Service and Sales I Learned at My Family's Dairy Queen Store. And uh, it's basically my, you know, we grew up in a Dairy Queen business. My family and I, I had two younger sisters, and my folks still run the Dairy Queen, the family Dairy Queen. They're in their 70s, and they get up every morning to go serve their customers, and they love it. They wouldn't have it any other way. And so that, that book is about customer service and creating a customer service culture. And a sales, you know, a, a, a successful sales environment by focusing on the small things. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you a quick story from the book. And again, that book is also 30 small, quick stories you can read from chapter to chapter. Cool. And one of the stories is called Always Replace a Dropped Ice Cream Cone. So in the Dairy Queen business, mm-hmm. you know, we serve ice cream cones. And uh, so we had one experience where a little child came in with her mom, got an ice cream cone, was taking a lick, and she was enjoying her cone, and she dropped it. You know, little kids do that. And the mom came over to buy another cone and she was about to pay for it. And, and we said, no, 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 it's on the house. It's free. She goes, she was so moved by it. She was so grateful and thankful. 
and that she didn't have to pay. And you know, it was just, it was not a lot of money, but what's important is we did the right thing. Mm-hmm. And it doing these little small things when there are moments of you know problems that you encounter, doing the right thing for the customer, having integrity, you earn the customer for life. And you know, they're people. And then people make mistakes and things happen. And once we realized that, our business started becoming more successful. We started doing that anytime, anywhere, always said yes to customers. Mm. And so that was that book was about really about learning to create a customer service and a sales focused, customer focused environment in a small business that you can apply to any business, big or small. Yeah, it's so true. I remember many, many years ago. Uh, I, I used to work as a busboy in a hotel, and I was working the buffet section, and uh, this one customer said, um, you know, I, I can't find anything at a buffet I like, but I really love strawberries. I said, oh, okay, no problem, and, uh, the, you know, it's the buffet, and yeah. uh, I went back to the chef, and I said, do we have any strawberries? He says, yeah, I just go in the freezer, we got a ton there, and I just put a big bunch of them together, washed yes. them, and then brought this plate and said, here you go, here's some strawberries, and just walked away. Didn't wait for a thank you and stuff like that. But if all your staff have that type of attitude, you are going to have an amazing, amazing business. Yes, yes, that's right. Amazing business. And the thing is, and we we have to, first of all, what you say is absolutely right, is to, we have to exemplify that behavior by doing it ourselves. Yeah, it's very important. And the second is to have happy staff, you know, Mm -hmm. and engage staff. And the way we do that is by, you know, sort of the, the positive, inspirational, you know, uh, ideas that we give them and really just saying, you know, to them that, you know, as much as possible, this is their business. This is a life. You know, it's about making other people happy. If you just give them that goal of make the customer happy and move out of the way, most people will have common sense. I mean, there's a lot of people out there who don't, but most people do have some common sense, you know, that can deliver that kind of happiness. Well, I just finished uh, doing an interview on a, on a book called uh, It's a Bad Idea to Have um, Employees. Much better to have partners and uh, stakeholders. And I think that's, you know, what you're saying there is exactly that, is if you can have staff that have been empowered, which is, you know, that what goes back, what, 20 years now? Um, it really it makes their life better. It feels like they're in control, and they can make decisions. Now, you know, sometimes they make mistakes, and it makes a slightly bigger problem, but that is far outweighed by the ongoing day-to-day customer service experience that customers are getting that you're not aware of. Right. It just shows in profits and growth. That's right. That's right. I think you're absolutely right. And I even talk about, you know, this notion of um, control and everything in, in my book, Embrace the Chaos. Mm. You know, which is that we often feel, employees often feel that they have, no, they have no control. Yeah. And that really stresses them out. When the manager's micromanaging and That's telling the them worst. what to do and how to manage every little detail, you know, when people want control, you know, all of us, whether we're just frontline workers or you know, heads of organizations and CEOs and executives, people want to be, feel as though they have control. And so give them that control. Let them feel as though they're in charge. And once you do, once you free them up and say, yes, you have control over what you do. You can't control everything in this business, but you control what you do singularly and how you make that customer feel. And once you allow them to know that they have that control and they have that power, you know, they will deliver results for you. And they will make your business successful because they feel like they're in charge. So allow them to speak, allow them to use ideas and ask them, don't tell them. So I think that is really important is when we're learning to embrace the chaos of our business as well as, you know, grow our business and make it successful 
is this notion of control and allowing other people to have that control is going to make us what it's going to make us successful. Absolutely. Well, you know, a great manager is somebody that says, I've got your back. Go for it. Right. You know, it's like, I'm here to help you when you need it, but I'm, I'm just going to go back to my office and do my thing. Go for it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Knowing that, you know, having, oh, absolutely. The customer, you know, having, telling the employee that you have their back is so crucial because they feel they have autonomy to be able to make those decisions. Mm. And even if they make a mistake, it's the same thing with kids in a way. Yep. You know, if we harp on our kids at every little, you know, negative or bad grade that they got, guess what? They're going to be conditioned to not, you know, to find ways to make you happy. And that's not what you want. You don't want them to constantly check on, you get your approval to constantly do something. Say, so, no, no, you go ahead. You learn, you learn. You never criticize. You know, always inspire. Yeah. And, you know, and the kids learn automatically that they don't need your approval. They just need their own. And it makes them happy to be successful, regardless of your approval or not. You know, I, I just had a thought uh, back then. When we, we've used the word customer a lot. Um, if you're working in an office environment and you don't are you're not actually dealing with the customer, yeah. everybody at the office in every department is your customer, and I think a lot of people don't think that way. You know, all of us are having this intention of doing good work, and we think, well, it's in the absence of any other colleagues or anything, you know. And only if all these other people would go away. And the reality is that, you know, other people have the same intention. And so what we have to do in a corporate environment where I work, you know, today I work for a Fortune 50 company in New York City. And yes, you're right. You know, we can, it's easy to get away from that mindset of the customer because you're not seeing that customer on a day-to-day basis. We have internal customers. We have internal stakeholders. And what's important is, you know, we're all fitting in somewhere, some way, shape, or form. And it's really important to know that, the way you treat your customers is the way you ought to treat your colleagues in a way that, you know, helpful to them, being helpful, contributing, you know, asking them questions that are relevant, not criticizing, but really engaging them and trying to make a contribution to them to make them successful. And then you start building, you know, really positive relationships. Then you start growing together and everyone lets go of their ego and then you become productive once more. So having that mindset of internal customers and stakeholders is really crucial for finding ways to be successful in a, in a colleague-driven and team-driven environment. Awesome. Embrace the chaos. How India taught me to stop overthinking and start living. Bob, thanks for coming on the show. You were awesome. Love the energy. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe, leave comments, or make a request on our website, businessbooktalk.com. See you next week.